When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, welcome to the bar, come on and pull up a seat And open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet This where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you We're your source for resources To help you on your way as you battle mean forces This is for the people who can see the importance Of sound theology and the scripture that support it And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here another Tuesday. Super excited as always be coming through your speakers, through your earbuds. Wherever you listen to The Bar, we're grateful that you're listening. And I love to start the show the same way by thanking the listeners. Thank you guys for listening to The Bar, tuning into The Bar, telling your friends and family about The Bar. We've been doing this about six years, and we're super grateful for everybody that listened. And thank you for taking time to listen. And like I do every week, I bring in awesome guests. Uh, this awesome guest, uh, we just connected. We He thought he was coming on to talk about fitness, uh, but instead we're going to talk about uh, someone else. We'll get into that. But I have on today none other than my brother, Jeff, man. How you doing? Good to be with you, Dwayne. And you hey, know, that man. gets my idea. Spurgeon on fitness. That would be an interesting topic. I, I that would, man. That, that, would. <laughs> that, that might not the best example of fitness, but he might have something good to say about it. You know, I just, right, you know. right. That that may that may be a thing, man. Um, <laughs> you know, that I I just you know the, when I think about Spurgeon, you know, outside of you know the the prince of preachers, man, I also think about the the cigar habits and oh, yes. you know all the other stuff, man. So. That, Dwayne, I think have, you that been, would be. have you been to the Spurgeon Library here in Kansas City? I have not, man. That's one of the things I want to do, man. You know, the, if you want to see the only cigar in any Southern Baptist institution, it's right here in the Spurgeon nice. Library. <laughs> his, his final cigar is on prominent display here. I love it. I love it, man. That is awesome. Well, listen, Jeff, man, I'm, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. We kind of uh, teased it a little bit, man. Tell people, you know, who you are, what you do, and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so so Jeff Chang, I live in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, married to Stephanie, got three wonderful kids, uh, and I also serve as uh, an assistant professor at Midwestern Seminary. I teach church history, uh, and in addition to that, I serve as the curator of the Spurgeon Library. So the the, the amazing providence of God, um, all of Spurgeon's books are here in Kansas City. Uh, wow. not, not the books that he wrote, but these are like, this is his pastoral library. So, mm. so works of theology, Bible commentaries, books on preaching, books on poetry and, and hymnody. Uh, you think of a typical pastor's library. It's all here. And these books all belong to Spurgeon, about 6,000 volumes. They're beautifully displayed. Uh, and we use this space to tell the story of his life and ministry. Uh, and also as a research center, as people are continually to look into his life, trying to bring out the treasures of his life uh, in service to the church. So I get Amazing. to head all that up and, uh, and here in Kansas City, Missouri. 
That is awesome. That is awesome. So I like to hear backstory, man. Like, how did you get there? Like, get, take take us back, man. Get, give us give us a little background of how did you get to where you are uh, there and in, in, uh, in job and in ministry? Yeah. So, I mean, people ask me, you know, they, they see me in this position. They think it's like this dream position. Like, man, have <laughs> you have you loved Spurgeon ever since you were a little boy? Right. And, I mean, it's so funny because I, I come from a Chinese American family. Uh, you know, grew up in Houston, Texas. Uh, I began my, my, I, I was pastoring in Portland, Oregon. And during that time, uh, began to work on my doctoral studies. And so I emailed a mentor and asked him, Hey, you know, any suggestions for a dissertation topic? And immediately he wrote back saying, Hey, you should look at Spurgeon's ecclesiology. You know, that's, mm. that's sort of an area that's needing some work. Uh, and he was exactly right. And that's what I wrote on. That's what I researched. Um, and in God's providence, after I finished my PhD uh, in 2020, the school approached me about coming on, on the faculty and to head up the Spurgeon Library. So it really was like the, the strange providence of God. I've been in the Spurgeon, the world of Spurgeon scholarship just for the past five, six years. Um, it's been a, a, a wonderful ride. I'm learning a ton still. There's so much out there to, to discover. Um, but yeah, it's a privilege for me to get to head that up. And it's it's a really strange thing. <laughs> that this Chinese American boy from Texas is, uh, you know, watching over his books. So I love it. I love it, man. I, you know, the, the, the comedian in me was going to say, man, that was one heck of a paper. <laughs> <laughs> you got a job offer and put you yeah. over like, man, you must've put some work in that dissertation, man. <laughs> well, God, God was very kind. Let's just put it that way. I mean, this was no. a, a, a wonderful topic to research because I'm a, I was a pastor and I'm still a yeah. pastor. Yeah, uh, and so I wanted to learn from Spurgeon, not just in his preaching, but as a pastor. Kind of yeah, book. for sure, I, I for sure. Know. No, that's that's amazing. So uh, bringing up the pastor thing, um, Portland, Oregon. You know, it's not like the South, man. It's not. Mm. It, you know, everybody's not saved like they are in the South already. <laughs> um, talk about that context real quick, man. When you were pastoring in that area, what what was that experience like? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I was a pastor there for for a decade. Uh, the church was Henson Baptist Church right in sort of Southeast Portland, right as the, you know, did you ever watch the show Portlandia? Yes. I was coming out. So yep. we lived like in the heart of that, you know, oh, wow. in Southeast Portland, uh, it, it, Portland, no, the Pacific Northwest is a great place to do ministry in that, um, people who, uh, people there aren't confused about, you know, kind of nominal Christianity. Uh, if people profess to be Christian, likely they mean to follow Jesus. Mm. Um, and you know, there's, there's not a hardness to kind of spirituality. People in the Pacific Northwest, you know, would call themselves kind of secular and yet spiritual. And, and they sense that there's something transcendent. Mm -hmm. So there is an opportunity there to talk about spiritual things. Um, so, you know, whereas in, in Texas, I found that many people, you had to convince them that they were not a Christian before you could get to the gospel. Exactly. Uh, in, in the Northwest, there wasn't that sort of confusion, so, <laughs> um, you know, which it presents its own challenges, of course. Sure. Uh, but we found it a wonderful place to do ministry. And, and by God's grace, in, in the decade there, uh, got to see some wonderful fruit. The church that I pastor there is doing well, even to this day, by awesome. God's grace. Um, That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, no. And I, I've never heard that that perspective, you know, where, you know, they're not confused, you know, as opposed to you know, in the South where, like I said, everybody's already saved and you got to 
convince them that they're not, you know, yet, you know. So that I never heard that. That's I really like that for sure. All right. So let's talk about, man, what you got going on up there uh with, with taking care of the library and and things. Just it's kind of give us a a day-to-day, man, and uh just kind of some things going on up that way. Yeah. So um <clears throat> the semester starting. So day-to-day, I mean I'm a professor, I'm teaching church history, enjoying that very much. In terms of the library, uh we've got various on kind of ongoing projects a lot since my dissertation focused on spurgeon's work as a pastor that's been kind of my area of research so i've, I've just come out with a book recently called spurgeon the pastor nice uh, it, um it's a book aimed at um kind of church leaders pastors uh it's written you know at a, at a semi kind of academic level but also you know very accessible hopefully Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just looking at this book. I'm, I'm just looking at, you know, all the areas of pastoral ministry, preaching, uh, church membership, um, discipleship in the church, how we think about training up future pastors. How do we right. think about baptism and the Lord's Supper, these kinds of things. Uh, so that's been kind of a recent project that we've wrapped up and I'm, I'm really glad to see it, it published. Um, I've got other projects I can talk about, but I don't know if you wanted to pick up on that you, one. You can or you can't? I can. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, so before you go to other topics, I always have to let people know anytime you bring up a book that, you know, you contribute it, you have to send me a copy. So we'll, I'll get you my address and everything. So all right. So let's talk about the other projects, man. I'm I'm, I'm here for it. The, the bar, we're all about ex- exclusive content. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right. So so Spurgeon, the pastor, that's one thing. The, the other upcoming project that's coming out. Uh, have you heard of the Lost Sermons of C.H. Spurgeon? I have not. Okay, so this has been an ongoing kind of 10-year project mm. that we have published here in the library, and it's coming to an end. Mm. So the final volume of that is coming out this fall. The Lost Sermons of C.H. Spurgeon, this is a, a, a fascinating series. Uh, we have published, um, in the end, nine different volumes of Spurgeon's earliest preaching notebooks. Wow. So starting from volume one, he is a seventeen. Uh, he is a 16-year-old village preacher um he's not famous he's just a 16 year old learning to preach uh some of these sermons are not very good uh he's like he's like you and i when we were learning to preach i mean we were like ripping off john piper sermons and john MacArthur yep. sermons. i mean that's what he's doing <laughs> he's ripping off a lot of john gill material um and and just kind of figuring out the mechanics of preaching uh but he's doing it over and over again mm. and by the time he's 19 he's filled up nine notebooks of sermons um, there are nearly 400 sermons in these nine wow. notebooks and he's preached, uh, nearly 700 times. Wow. Like, think about that 700 times in, in two and a half years that that's like, you know, if you preach 50 times a year, that's a pretty heavy load for any pastor. For sure. This is like 10 plus years worth of preaching <laughs> right. in two and a half years as a, as a 19 year old. Man, talk about getting your chops. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, this is this is just we've been publishing kind of notebook after notebook, and this fall we'll publish publish the last of these notebooks. Nice. Um, leading up to the time when he has just been called as the pastor of of this church in London, New Park Street Chapel, and and God is about to do something amazing with this nineteen mm-hmm. year old. Um, but but uh, you know what I love about these sermons is that he's not a celebrity. He's just mm-hmm. a village preacher. He's pastoring a little village church called Water Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just doing faithful work. 
It's just yeah. bringing, bringing forward faithful sermons, you know, even before he hits the spotlight. Um, I love it. I just love that. Yeah, no, that that's that sounds amazing. That's that's exciting. Um, just to to hear about that and then to know that you guys are doing that work so that other people can enjoy it. So yeah. that, that's super cool. Yeah. All right, man. So right here, uh, this part of the show, we usually take a quick break. So we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 21st century Western church is in the throes of a discipleship crisis. If that sounds like I'm exaggerating, I would encourage you to look at any of the number of surveys that have been done in recent years that point to the fact that Christians just don't know the basics of their own faith. That's a problem. And it's a problem that could be very easily avoided. After all, the mission of the church, according to Matthew 28, is to go into all the world and to make disciples, learners of the Lord Jesus. Well, if that's the case, why haven't we done it? And what can we do to reverse this? Hi, I'm Kofi Edeboyan, and I'm the host of Deep Dive Discipleship, a podcast dedicated to thinking through the discipleship crisis that we face and charting a way forward. My hope is that as we have some conversations around God's word and with friends who are, praise the Lord, doing well in this field, we can learn from each other how best to fulfill the mission of the church. All right, we're back in here with my good friend, Jeff, man. And this is uh, the side of the show we call the Bar Signature Questions. These are three questions asked. All of my guests, no matter who they are, where they've been, they get the same three questions. And that's how they became our signature question. So the first signature bar question is, what kind of music do you listen to? <laughs> uh, the music that I listen to, I enjoy... Um, kind of acoustic folk kind of music, I, you know, bluegrass. Okay. Um, I like some country, but my my country's taste is limited, like the '90s, early 2000s. I find that Good some country. of our music tastes are limited to our college years, you know, and that, that's <laughs> that's only true for me. Um, but yeah, I like acoustic kind of folk kind of music. Nice. Uh, Alexa heard me say country, and she started playing country music over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome good deal all right next signature bar question is what podcasts or sermons do you listen to if any um these days i'm listening to church history podcasts Mm. Uh, they they help me stay sharp in the field Uh, i enjoy nine marks pastors talk so I, i listen to that regularly um yeah and in terms of sermons i listen to the sermons from my own local church yeah, nice those, those pastors nice nice all right Last... baptist church in kansas City. oh okay yeah. nice okay all right last signature bar question is what book or books are you currently reading mm. uh i am reading um uh the reformations by carlos Irie. uh I, i'm reading a lot of books dealing with the reformation okay so uh reformations by carlos Irie. Uh, excellent work it gives a great overview of of the the protestant reformation um and i'm brushing up on some pre-reformation primary sources so i've been reading uh john wickliffe recently 
um, and, and some of those sort of English pre-reformers uh, just try to read kind of the original sources. Um, so nothing super exciting, but things that are helpful for me in my own growth. Yeah, <laughs> man. Hey, that's, that's, that's the world you in for sure. No, no hate here, man. So first, thank you again for coming on the show, man. This has been fun. Um, I always like to, uh, to end with uh, opportunity for you to share where they can find you or anything you want to share as far as uh, where they can get the book and then any words of encouragement you want to leave with us before we get out of here. Yeah. So uh, come visit here in Kansas city Spurgeon library. Uh, it's, it's worth making the trip, uh, especially if you're kind of driving through this part of the country. Um, uh, you can check out our website, Spurgeon.org. Uh, we are in process of digitizing a lot of his works. Uh, we have his sermons. Uh, if you check out our, our social media feeds, we, we post regular quotes and content. So feel free to follow us there. Uh, as far as my book, you can go to SpurgeonThePastor.com and find links for that, that new book. Um, word of encouragement. You know, one of the things I try to put forward in my book is that even though Spurgeon pastored this 5,000 person church, even though he was incredibly successful, you know, by, by sort of worldly standards, uh, what I'm trying to convey is that most most of all he sought to be faithful mm. uh, he, he wasn't trying to look for innovative creative kind of techniques to draw a big crowd uh most of all he just tried to stick to the bible you know try to be faithful in terms of what the bible put forward in terms of what a pastor should be in terms of what a church should be uh and and even as the church was blowing up he was he was seeking to be faithful to all those principles and so um i, I commend that to you because you know for the local church pastor who is pastoring a small church or perhaps things haven't turned out quite as they hoped, uh, who, who are perhaps drawn to sort of large church visions. No, I, I say seek to be faithful, right? Mm -hmm. look, look to scripture, uh, pastor the people that you have in front of you and leave the results to God. Uh, I think that's what Spurgeon sought to do fundamentally. And, and that's the example that I commend to everyone. I love it. I love it. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, sir, for taking time to come on. This has been really fun. Definitely great to uh, to meet you. Uh, to the Bar Podcast, folks, thank you guys for listening to the Bar Podcast, your favorite podcast. Make sure you tune in every Tuesday. Go to thebarpodcast.com. And make sure you check out all the podcasts in the network. Hit that network tab. And if you want some bar gear, go to thebargear.com. Until next time, you guys, God bless. And we are out.